Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports. And Bobby, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How you doing? No problem, man. How are you? Uh, well, we're good. We're good. I was expecting maybe you to throw out some expletives, which I'm glad you didn't because uh, <laughs> I know you're a Knicks guy, man. And, and here's the thing. I like the Celtics. I root for the Celtics. but And I don't have any hatred towards the Knicks necessarily, but I kind of almost root for them because it's just my entire lifetime. They've had a couple years here and there. But uh, I'm sure for a guy like you and being the Knicks fan that you are, seeing games like especially last night has got to be extremely frustrating at times. Uh, it's just like I'm broken, man. Like, I'm broken. It's just, I should be screaming expletives, but it's also, like, I'm 36, and it's just what I'm used to. I'm not even used to this. I'm not even used to the second round of the playoffs. It's been, I mean, it's been 10, what, 10 years since the last time, but it's really been since the 90s, right? So, it's it's frustrating because the next whole thing is the bench is going to give you more than other benches, and the rebounding, and both things disappeared, and this is how you go down 3-1 in a series that you had home court advantage and a good chance to advance it. And you mentioned the bench there, Bobby. Uh, Julius Randle is somebody who's taken a lot of criticism. We know that he dealt with injury coming into the beginning of this series. How do you assess his play so far throughout the series? Jalen Brunson, on the other hand, is the guy that's carrying the team. Yeah, Randle's such a polarizing figure for Knicks fans. Like, I will go to bat for him because but he's been an all-star, borderline All-NBA player for the last three years. He's the person who signed with the Knicks when, you know, everyone was like, well, y'all, we're just getting the scraps. And he, you know, took the Knicks to now two playoffs in four years, which is better than most that we've had. Um, but it is where, like, yeah, part of it's the injury, but also it's just like there are times where you're like, dude, what are you doing out there? Like, it's the body language is bad, and – you know, that's also kind of part of who Randall is and who he's kind of always been. But it's like you can't get back when you turn the ball over or, you know, you're lazy on closeouts, which are like reckless closeouts. So, you know, there are definitely a large portion of Knicks fans that are ready to move on from Julius Randall. But it's, at the same time, it's like, I don't know, man. It's just you kind of have to roll with the highs and lows with him. And it just, it, it sucks because now we're here we are in another low. Well, Bobby, with the Knicks, is this kind of a year where you feel like this was the kind of year you could take that step forward? And obviously making the playoffs and winning a series is great, but uh, was this kind of the expectation that you had going into it? Is it just more of your hopeful? And also, what's the future look like for the Knicks? Is is it look at least bright, even though if they lose this series, they still have some years in front of them where things could get turned around and be a lot better? Yeah, I think when the season ends and you kind of look back on it, it does feel like a, a, a win of the season, right? Like you make the playoffs, you win a series. Then there's the letdown when you're the you know the better seed against the Heat, but I mean the Knicks were projected to be a playing game, and they they were really good in the regular season. Now that kind of is the problem with, and that's a Thibodeau problem more than anything else. It's kind of who he's always been is his teams are awesome in the regular season, and then they kind of fall apart in the playoffs. But I think the future is bright. I mean it's a young team, like this is still a young Knicks team. They have a bunch of pieces and future draft picks that they can move if someone becomes available. But it's also like, okay, there's at least a building block here where the norm should be the second round of the playoffs. Knicks playing against the Heat now. The Heat are up 3-1. If they are able to emerge from this series, 
What do you think of the Heat's chances? And they were the last team to get into the playoffs. They were the eighth seed in the East. Yeah, I'm kind of done guessing against the Heat <laughs> because they, this is kind of what they do, I guess, right? Like, Jimmy Butler turns into one of the top five players in the league. Now, you know, I do think Spolstra is the best coach in the NBA and, and has been for a while, but people don't like to say that because he won titles with, you know, LeBron and, and Wade and Bosh. But, I mean, Spolstra's, like, who's better? Who's a better coach than Spolstra? Because I don't think there's one out there. And then... Yeah, you have you have the star in Jimmy Butler. Bam Adebayo's figuring it out. So it's like, yeah, they have a chance to win because all of a sudden they're shooting ninety percent from three. It feels like. Yeah, and that's another thing too, Bobby. Is just looking at all the teams right now, and and the Lakers took, of course, a three-one lead. And you talk about the Heat, but also in the other series, you got some deadlocks between Celtics and 76ers tied at two. You had the Nuggets and Suns tied at two. So been some really good back and forth and everything. But as far as uh, those two particular series. Are, are you leaning towards one way? Do you think they both go into game seven? Just uh, what do you make of those matchups between those four teams and those two games? I think the Suns are figuring it out a little bit. So I, I still like them. And again, when you have Durant and Booker out there, it's, it's tough to pick against them. I, mean, I, like, I know Jokic is awesome. But again, when you have Durant and Booker, that's, you know, that's a game changer. Um, I don't know what to make of the Celtic Sixers, man. It feels like, and somebody said it today, I forget who, where it was like, both teams are, you know, both coaches are wild cards. Um, both fan bases feel like if they have a lead in the fourth quarter, they're going to lose it. <laughs> so I, I just don't know what to make of it. You have MC stomping on people. You have the Celtics not knowing how clocks work and Jalen Brown saying stuff like he needs to be more demanding, which makes you wonder how he's truly feeling. So I don't know. It's just, I don't know what to make that series. I'm completely I like usually I feel like after four games you have a good feel on a series, and that one I have zero feel on. The main concern with the Suns is where's the help gonna come from? You have KD, you have Devin Booker. They are both dynamic scorers, but it's about who who can else who else can help those guys and who can put it together to help this team win. You might not need to though. I mean, yeah, you do, but like if they go and combine for fifty, fifty five 60 a game, you don't need that much help, right? You, you, you need to get 50 from everyone else on the, on the team, which obviously sounds like a lot, but when you're talking about seven other guys, six other guys, it, it should be. And what, Chris Paul might come back this series, and I know Paul is good, but it's still Chris Paul, right? Like, it's not it, – we're talking about one of the greatest point guards of all time who can go get you 20 points. So, I don't know. I, I think – there's just still something about having the two guys, and, and I know Murray is, is good, but it feels like the Suns are just relying so, so much on Jokic. Speaking with Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Oddline. Uh, we just have a few minutes left with you, Bobby, but uh, I want to ask you a little college basketball there, too, because we all know you're, you're a Kentucky guy, and uh, I know that the Hunter Dickinson sweepstakes was one everyone was interested in, ends up going to Kansas. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a surprise, but just uh, what do you make of uh, the current uh, state of, with Kentucky? Because I know you were uh, hoping that uh, Hunter Dickinson would go there, but also his pick to decide to go to Kansas instead. I was, I was honestly, I didn't want Hunter Dickinson, which is, hmm. I know people say that's a crazy thing to say because you see the name Hunter Dickinson, you see the accolades, you see the stats, and you say, well, why wouldn't you want him? doesn't fit what Kentucky needs. Kentucky needs more of a Willie Cauley-Stein-esque player. I'm not saying go get a you know, first-team All-American and a, a projected, 
you know, when you went sixth in the draft, seventh in the draft. But you need a guy that is just elite defensively and can rim run. Like, this team has the guards that can score. You don't need to play through the post. That's not how you win in college basketball. I mean, look at UConn. Adama Sanogo learned to step away from the post, and that became a big reason why they got so good. Everyone wins without playing through this traditional big man. And, like, as good as Hunter is, he's still average at best defensively, which is where Oscar was a year ago. Yeah, he has better range, but it's not like he's this stretch player. He's going to be really good at Kansas because he fits that roster a lot better. So that's why people probably freak out at the take. But, you know, some Kentucky fans were obviously Kentucky fans losing their mind because if Kentucky doesn't get every single player that is in transfer portal five-star, it's a loss. But I don't think it was like this missing piece that some others out there did. Yeah, we know that Cal recruits well. They even made a joke on TNT last night saying that he was talking to Lonnie Walker the fourth to see about his eligibility. But mm-hmm. uh, as far as in that position where Shebway was the past couple of seasons, who do they have to kind of step in there? You know, they have Kishad Johnson from San Diego State coming in to look. But it's, to me, like, I want Chris Livingston back. And, and weirdly, Damian Collins with the transfer portal, I think would have been a perfect fit on this team. You need a guy. You need a guy like that. And I don't. I forget what bigs are still out there, but you can go find a big that doesn't need the ball in his hands and can give you 25 minutes a game. And, and you still have guys coming back, right? You have Bradshaw coming in. The, the he's a five star, and you have uh, Anueso, the the freshman from last year, came back. You know, he can play 20 minutes a game. Right there is is plenty. You don't need. I think this depth from a big man standpoint is getting overblown and. And really, you just need more versatile players. You need more versatile guards or, or wings. So it, it, it's an interesting thing of how it's going to happen because Cal likes his traditional big man, but that's just not how you win anymore, not in the tournament. You can win regular season games like that, but not, not tournament games. Bobby, uh, a guy that obviously Razorback fans are really excited about hearing about is Ron Holland. It looks like it's yeah. gotten some uh, some news that it looks like Arkansas might be the pick. Still has the G League as, as an option, but – uh, what, what would you make of that if Ron Holland goes to Arkansas and the roster that Muss has already put together? People are kind of freaking out. There. How is he going to have enough uh, spots for all these players? But it's kind of the way the Muss works. But what does Ron Holland do for a team like Arkansas next season? I mean, he, he immediately gives you that top-tier talent that we talk about, right? Like you, it, 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 I know people don't like hearing NBA stuff when you talk about college basketball, but you do need high-end talent that is projected lottery picks to, to win and, and to be successful. You, you, you have to have one of those guys that, and Holland's a guy that, okay, give him the ball, go get a bucket. And, and I trust even as a freshman, Holland can figure it out more often than not. Um, and he's just, it's more depth from that, that position that's so important that we keep talking about. So, you know, I think he fits in perfectly. I think Arkansas right now has a really, really good roster of guys who will have a role, but, I don't know. Do you guys have like who's going to be the star for Arkansas next year? Holland's not there. I guess it would probably have to be Trevin Brazil uh, at this point in time. You know, maybe Tremont Mark. But like you, feel, you don't feel confident saying that, right? Right, because yeah, he's coming off a major injury, so yeah, it could, right, it could right. be issues. Yeah. So I think Holland. You immediately, you know, if you ask a hundred Arkansas fans, ninety-five would say Ron Holland, and you can kind of start building roles around that, and then adapt. Obviously, something happens, you know, injuries because of the like whatever. But there's at least established roles going into the year. You have, a, you have the entire summer to prep that way. You don't get Holland. Yeah, you've you, you got to figure out who's 
who's your go-to guy? Because you need a go-to guy, and, and yeah, it might be Brazil, but it might be somebody else. And I, I just don't feel confident saying someone else right now if I'm an Arkansas fan. Well, it should be interesting to see how it plays out. And if Holland comes, you know, Rageback fans are going to get obnoxious just like they already are. So it just it's going to happen. But, hey, listen, uh, it's still fun watching the NBA. Hey, good luck to your Knicks, man. I really am rooting yeah. for them. Hopefully they bounce back, man. And we appreciate you coming on, Bobby. All right, man. Have a good one.